1: What up, TCK Potters? I'm your host, Sky Guasco. Joined always by my man Lucas Caser, and you are tuned into the Candlestick Kids Fantasy Football Podcast. Please subscribe to our YouTube channel at the Candlestick Kids. Leave a rate and review anywhere you listen to your podcast. And follow us on IG at fantasy football underscore TCK Pod and on Twitter at TCK underscore pod. We've got a lot to cover, so let's get into it. What up, TCK Potters? Sky and Lucas back with you, episode 218. Today we are diving into five hot takes each, ten hot takes total. We are not really a hot take brand. We're not really a hot take podcast. We do bowl predictions. We do crazy calls. uh, But we've never really done a hot take segment yet. Uh, Excited about that. Um, We're going to dive into it in just a little bit. Before that, Lucas, A, how are you? B, can you please let the folks know how they can get their hands on the draft guide that comes out next Monday, July 6th?
0: Yep. So there'll be a link down below to a Google form on uh, the last podcast. I mentioned that you can go to the site and fill out the whole credit card, debit card thing. Don't do that. Uh, we're not doing that. A lot, lot more work than really needed. So the Google form down below, um, if you do go to the site, there's the form link will be on there. And if the site is locked to where you can't see that, let's guide so I can fix that. Um, Cause yeah, I please. I can't, since I'm logged in, I can't see that for sure. But uh, yeah, the link down below is a Google form. You fill that out. Um, if you fill that out before Sunday or on Sunday, you will get uh, one night early access, I guess. I don't know. You'll, you'll get it Sunday versus Monday. Um, but you can buy it Tuesday, Wednesday or whenever you want and we'll get you access. Pretty simple. You'll fill out the form. I'll shoot you an email. Or if I know you Twitter, Sky knows you, Instagram, whatever, just to hook up the payment information, Venmo, PayPal, cash app, uh, I don't. I don't know. Those are the three that I have. I guess so. Probably those three. Um, pretty simple. We'll get you an email, username, plain and simple, and then you have access. Um, if you're buying the in season package, we'll get the Discord going, vice versa. The all in package. Um, I know we talked about the listener league. That is guaranteed entry into the listener league with all in packages. Is the draft guide plus in season package together? Um, there will be openings if needed for the listener league. But that'll be probably a random draw or something like that. Um, But the, the, the all in package is guaranteed. You're in, obviously you still have to pay your, your league fee to get to play in the league, but that is guaranteed entry. Um, And we'll have prizes of some sort that we can give away to the winner. Um, So go check out the link down below or just go to TCKpod.com. The link will be on there as well.
1: Boom. Go get it. Go get it. We got a few, uh, we got a few pre-orders already in, and we appreciate you supporting. We've got a lot of contributors to the uh, draft guide as well, so thank you to everyone doing that. We'll be giving shout-outs once the draft guide drops. You know who you are, though. Thank you very much. We quite literally could not be doing this without your help and participation. So big ups to you all. Thank you very much. Without any further ado, man, let's have some fun here. Let's dive into five hot takes each. So these are essentially bold predictions, crazy calls, whatever – It's early, you know, Uh, we're listening to this late June, early July, early summer. Um, Camps are starting to open up kind of with the COVID situation. Um, Teams are trying to get this under control. You're starting to see more and more teams and individual players, collections of receivers, things like that, starting to find random high schools and shit that are isolated that they can go practice at. Uh, So football is more or less uh, underway um, in the physical. We just need to make sure that we can actually get the season in, but Let's dive into some early hot takes. Now, um, some of these are just silly. Uh, Other of these are quite calculated, and I think that if you listen to this podcast and you understand our brand, you know that Lucas and I don't really talk a lot of shit without finding some sort of number situation to back it up. So all three or all five of these, I should say, for each one of these um, is statistically based, with the exception of one of Lucas's, which we'll get to at the end. I'm not sure. Uh, where the evidence is on this particular one. But before that, let's get through the other nine really quick. Lucas, my man, per usual, why don't you kick it off here? Um, These are no particular order for myself personally, maybe for yourself. Um, They are, but I just broke it down to one per position, Um, and uh, I'll let you take it away here. So what is your first hot take here uh, leading into July?
0: You know, I didn't really have an order, uh, but I think I'm going to start off with the one you mentioned, and it's that I will will win – the listener league or leagues or leagues with the lots of vessels, however, the, the however it's to split up, uh, I will go for the two peat uh this year. There's no statistical evidence because if I win again, it's a two peat, so that's that's a hundred percent right. Um, I, I don't know, we'll see how it goes. Um, so with that being said, if you're listening, make sure to get the all in package so you can have a chance to beat me if you think that you can beat my team of Lev Bell. Julian Edelman and Jarvis Landry or something like that. Get the
1: hell out of here. Get the hell out of here with the Lev Bell. Commish crew, this is a, this is a legit call-out to all three of you. because I know you're going to have one team, uh, but maybe you'll have to have a couple here and uh, we can really uh, really take it, to, take it to Lucas here. So, all right, man, Lucas is uh, calling it out early, uh, looking at the early TCK Pod Listener League repeat Uh, for him so make sure you dial up and get involved with the tck pod listener league so you can help us take him down all right man i'm going to jump into my first one here like i said i did one per position and then in the fifth one is kind of a collection of all of them so my first hot take here at the quarterback position is that joe burrow finishes top 10 at quarterback now right now he's getting drafted out you know maybe top 20 uh depending on your leagues now it's a single qb that i'm bringing this up of course this strictly comes down to the team around him his actual ability and the coaching staff. I really think that, you know, we have not seen the type of quarterback hype come into the league since Andrew Luck and before that Cam Newton. Um, there's, you know, the, Kyler Murray came in with a lot. RG3 came in with a lot. Every rookie quarterback that gets picked first comes in with a lot of hype. Baker Mayfield, Johnny Manziel even. Uh, but you just don't get – you don't get the actual gut feeling that like this shit could actually happen I feel it with Joe Burrow, man. Even though the Bengals were a train wreck last year, earning themselves the number one pick, I think they just hit the, number on, the, the nail on the head. Joe Burrow in college, 65, 65 total touchdowns, 60 passing, which is a FBS record, five rushing. His senior year at LSU, of course, the national championship, yada, yada. His accuracy earned him the nation's second best completion percentage since 1956 at 76%. He's absolutely an animal. He's got the rest of his team. I know people are not super thrilled about A.J. Green for fantasy. The reality is when he's healthy and he's on the field, he's an excellent receiver. He's going to be a great weapon there. Tyler Boyd, Auden Tate, John Ross, T. Higgins, who both of us love there waiting in the wings as maybe the wide receiver five, which is ridiculous. Um, Two quality tight end positions. Obviously, Gio Bernard and Joe Mixon in the backfield as well. Another big thing here that I think is kind of underlying, which you're going to be able to find in the draft guide, because I, I'm breaking down all of the uh, all of the teams have their own team outlook. Within that, they have each fantasy relevant player that is uh, broken down for fantasy, kind of their backstory and everything else. So you can catch that in the draft guide here. But let's look at the Bengals. Let's look at Joe Burrow. I went ahead and I broke down all of the coaching. Uh, changes here with Zach Taylor as the head coach and then the offensive coordinator Brian Callahan. I won't go through everything in it because it takes quite a while. You can see for yourself in the draft guide. But I will mention, throw out 2019 because it was a mess last year with Andy Dalton and and backups. Uh, 2018, uh, Zach Taylor helped Jared Goff, young quarterback for the Rams at the time, get to his uh career highs in every passing category, completions, attempts, passing yards, passing touchdowns, completion percentage, yards per attempts, passer rating, yada yada. Goff was fourth in the NFL in passing yards and eighth in passer rating that year. Before that, 2012 to 15, Taylor helped uh Ryan Tannehill develop early for Miami. Before he got hurt, he was supposed to be one of the young bucks coming up. So two things. Zach Taylor has worked with young quarterbacks as rookies, and he's also helped them develop quickly with the high draft capital. I love that for Joe Burrow and all the weapons. Brian Callahan, the offensive coordinator, he helped um, Derek Carr go to his MVP season. Uh, He also helped out Matt Stafford before that. And then he led Lucas's Broncos uh, on multiple occasions and Peyton Manning and the boys to – literally the best, one of the best offenses uh, of all time in 2013 uh, with Peyton Manning. They had an NFL record, 606 points racked up, ridiculous 457 yards per game, second most in NFL history. And throughout all of these seasons, both of these uh, guys, Brian Callahan and Zach Taylor, have worked with various quarterbacks, various schemes, various other weapons. And in my opinion, with Joe Burrow even being a rookie, I think the nucleus of what the Bengals have on offense, talent-wise, skill-level-wise, I think is on par with any of these teams. Um, obviously, I'm not comparing him to Peyton Manning in 2013, but I think you get the point. The ability there. Now, he is a rookie. There's going to be shakes. We'll see what happens. But for Joe Burrow to even take a couple lumps for four weeks, the back half and the, the next 12 weeks, if everybody stays healthy, um, I really do believe that Joe Burrow could be a top 10 quarterback and you're able to get him um in single qb leagues you're able to get him in the you know 14th plus round so he's free uh in single qb leagues obviously in dynasty and rookie leagues you'll have to pay up for him but um i do like him in single qb leagues all right man that's my longest breakdown i promise on any of these (laughs) but my first hot take is that joe burrow finishes as a top 10 quarterback let's jump into number two lucas why don't you go ahead and give us yours
0: yeah, this is this is one that hits home with everyone on the podcast, uh, Julian Edelman, and you know I'm going to go in all formats, finishes above OBJ and points per game. I'm not doing fantasy finish because Yikes. one can get hurt and he comes back to me. Um, if you pre-order the not pre-order, if you order the draft guide, uh, there's the question at the bottom. Uh, Very important, folks.
1: Very important.
0: And I think Odell is because I think we have I think Odell has the edge right now by one vote, maybe two. So we'll see, but he will. Finish ahead of him. Um, I don't even need. We did just talked about this yesterday. I don't even need to break this down. Uh, go back to any podcast on my Twitter. I have the links for both of them to the video clips. Um, it's it's happening. As much as we don't want it to, it's going to happen in all formats. I'm going to say, yeah, I'm going to say all formats, um, half full and standard.
1: Yikes, yikes! You heard it here, folks. Edelman ahead of OBJ for Lucas. I am going to go the other way. OBJ over Edelman. For show, sure. all right, man. Number two for me, Alvin Kamara finishes as the running back one overall. This is ahead of Christian McCaffrey. This is ahead of um, Saquon Barkley, Zeke Elliott, Dalvin Cook. Even if he plays a full sixteen, uh, I mentioned on the last episode when we broke down our gamers, uh, early gamers. I had Alvin Kamara as my running back. Dial back, catch my my full breakdown. But essentially, what it comes down to is the positive regression for Alvin Kamara played at 75% last year. He only had six touchdowns where he had 13 and 18, the two years before that, I think he's going to be just fine. Um, 81 receptions in uh, all three seasons of his career so far. I think he can get up to a hundred. No problem. If he uh, stays healthy for uh, 16 games with With uh, E. Sanders coming in, Emmanuel Sanders coming in, I think that actually takes away a little bit from Michael Thomas, like a little bit. I know he's going to get work. Takes away a little bit from Jared Cook, and I think actually there's going to be more fades off to Alvin Kamara there. So love Alvin Kamara in the red zone. I love him in between the 20s. He's very elusive, never seems to get hit too hard. Um, I like him a lot. So if he can stay healthy, I think Alvin Kamara has the chance to be the number one running back in fantasy football. And you're able to get him potentially even as the fifth running back off the board right now. I'm doing that all day long, especially in PPR leagues. So my second hot take is that Alvin Kamara is the overall running back one. Let's go with number three for you, man. What is your third hot take?
0: Yep. So this one is Marlon Mack finishes um, on either side, one point per game off of in front of Jonathan Taylor by the end of the season. And I think, I think this one I'm starting to believe a lot more. Um, I just can't seem to. I mean, you guys know how I feel about Frank Reich. I think he's one of the, the best uh, – well, the whole the – whole Chris Ballard, Frank Reich. I think they're one of the best built NFL teams in terms of from the ground up. And I think we'll see that these upcoming years as they're putting their team in great spots with cap space, with the team management, with the veteran, the rookie build. Um, I mean, their quarterback retired on them midseason, and they had the 13th pick, which, yeah, it's not great. But the difference between the 13th and the 20th pick is like one game. So, like, they were still a good team. Um, but I think the way I look at this is everyone's like Jonathan Taylor has to win the backfield. He has to do it because they draft him in the second round. They took him as their second pick in the second round, so they obviously didn't prioritize him as much. Obviously, they 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 like him. They took him. Obviously, they're going to use him. But it wasn't like the oh, we need a running back. They chose Michael Pittman, probably a position they didn't really need. To be honest with you, I mean, they need one eventually, but probably didn't really need another receiver. Um, that's not how that team rolls. But there's been zero reports. Obviously, no camp. But zero reports saying that Jonathan Taylor's the guy. There's only been reports saying it's going to be a three-headed backfield if you add in Ninety Hines. and everyone's probably like, "But he's going to take over by the time the year ends." But that's why I said points per game because I think Marlon Mack. If it's a three, if it's a thirty-three percent share split, it's not going to be. But I think Mack is just going to. They're going to be so equal. Because their coaching staff knows how to win football games. The Niners went to the Super Bowl without having a workhorse, with having a mix of four running backs who you could argue might not start on any other team in the NFL. So I mean, leave it with what you will. That's I fair. think that I think that Marlon Mack, not that I'm saying he's a great fantasy value. I'm just saying avoid the backfield as it is, cause I mean, I ain't sitting here trying to decide who the three is going to get the most touches per week because from what it sounds like, they're all going to see the same amount of touches. And it's going to be like that the whole rest of the year. So I think Mack finishes um, either way uh, ahead or below Jonathan Taylor by one point per game. Uh, standard, I would say that's pretty much a given. Um, not a given, but I think standard, I'd say all, because they're kind of similar backs to me.
1: Ooh, I like it, man. I like that a lot. And I'm I'm excited to just get Marlon Mack for free basically right now because people are throwing him out because of Jonathan Taylor. We've talked about this a lot. And we talk a lot about um, – you know zero rb targets and he is a great one because he's not going to have that upside per se but if you go zero rb you're not looking for necessarily upside running backs because they're probably going to be gone those those top five ten potential running backs are gone you're looking for four rb twos and uh i think i think you can definitely do that with marlon mack being one of them so i think that's a great call there my third is going to be let me make sure i get the wording here correctly Michael Gallup finishes as the Cowboys' best fantasy receiver. Now, this might not seem like too crazy, per se, depending on what side of the fence you sit on on this, but with CeeDee Lamb coming in and Amari Cooper still being everybody's top ten receiver drives me fucking insane. But if you believe in Amari Cooper, then this is blasphemous. If you don't believe in Amari Cooper, like I don't, and you are all about Michael Gallup like I am, then this just makes sense for me. Last year, Michael Gallup played two less games than Amari Cooper. He would have paced out to basically trump Amari Cooper in almost every single category. He had seven less targets than Amari Cooper and missed two games. He had a snap, per- snap percent, per- sorry, snap sorry, share percentage of 87.6% compared to 77% for Amari Cooper. So Michael Gallup was on the field 10% more often than Amari Cooper. That's a big deal. That's more opportunity. On the last episode, again, I had made my gamer at the quarterback position, Dak Prescott. Just like I said with Alvin Kamara, he could potentially be the number one running back. Dak Prescott, in my opinion, could be the number one quarterback if Lamar or Mahomes slip up this year. He was number two last year. I could see maybe defenses figure out – Lamar Jackson take away some of that rushing and I think Dak Prescott could be number one if he is both of these receivers could be top 12 potentially in my opinion with the inconsistency of Amari Cooper CeeDee Lamb coming in and taking over uh you know some of that work I just personally feel like Michael Gallup is going to rise above it I know a lot of people basically are saying that CeeDee Lamb's coming in to take this whatever um there's you know there's a hundred targets essentially waiting for Ceedee lamb that he can just have for free. And Michael Gallup is still going to have his 115 targets with Randall Cobb now moving over to Houston. So I think that Michael Gallup is better than Amari Cooper this year. And therefore I think he is the um, top Cowboys wide receiver. And furthermore, I think then he's a potentially a top 15, top 12 run, uh, wide receiver overall, and he is plummeting in drafts right now uh, because of the arrival of C.D. Lamb. Now, I don't think that C.D. Lamb is not going to cut into to, uh, Michael Gallup per se. I just don't think it's going to be as drastic as everybody else is making it seem to be. And I will not draft Amari Cooper, period. Like, period. I'm not drafting Amari Cooper. So I would rather wait, not draft Amari Cooper in the third round, and take Michael Gallup in the – sixth earliest maybe eighth pumped to have him as my wide receiver three with potential uh, wide receiver one upside so I'm going to go with Michael Gallup as the Cowboys number one fantasy option at the wide receiver position that's number three all right man how about number
0: four before we start uh insert breaking news Cam Newton is the Patriots new quarterback he just signed a one-year deal so now my Edelman take is going to happen uh, I just texted the commish boys uh back in i don't even know february i said that they were going to get Jameis and go back to the playoffs it's happening guys so just insert cam newton uh i think a one-year deal i'm trying to pull up sleeper but it's probably crashing because there's so many people on it but
1: (laughs) yep and and honestly like you know we we you know pre-record these episodes a little bit by a day or two every once in a while so by this time everybody knows but we are (laughs) catching it we're catching it live in the moment right now so yes cam newton uh finally finds a home no surprise there um Let's finish up, let's finish up, and let's actually, let's do a quick take on Cam Newton at the end of the podcast. We did not plan for this. We don't have, we're just, we're going to talk about it right away. So why don't we, um, why don't we jump into your fourth here on Hot Takes, and then we'll uh, we'll dive into Cam at the end of the episode.
0: Absolutely. So my next one, kind of going along with what I've been saying the last couple of weeks, uh, volume players will still help you win your league. LeBell, Leonard Fournette, Julian Edelman, Tyler Lockett, uh, et cetera, et cetera. So, um, basically, breaking this down is the best way I can like you can visualize this is in the draft guide, not on the launch date because uh, it's going to take a while for me to piece this together. But it's going to be a big uh, blog post because that's how I have to format it. But a big thread of how <laughs> what is upside is the title. Um, basically, in the fantasy landscape, especially on Twitter, on um, the past couple of months people have been using the term upside or I don't want to draft Dave Montgomery because I don't want to finish fifth in my fantasy league stuff, stuff like that. And on the surface, it seems legit. Right. And I kind of was like, yeah, that makes sense. But like the more I think about it and everyone knows how I think about things, I go super, I think about it probably way too much and try to find a way around the general talk on it. You, the way you win fantasy leagues by scoring fantasy points, you, you choosing a guy that you think can score three more points per game, maybe one game, but doesn't have the guaranteed role is not how you win leagues. So, really, the, the hot take – it's not even a hot take. It's just a fact, um, but I think it needed to be in here, is that it's okay to take Le'Veon Bell, to take Leonard Fournette as your RB2 because you're not taking them without having a good wide receiver one, without having a good RB1. Like, the way the ADP is shaping out, like, yes, they're going early, but, like, you don't get to choose when you draft a player. The draft board gets to choose when the player gets drafted – so don't shy away from fantasy points and volume rules because, like I said, at the end of the day, the only thing you can control is how many fantasy points you score, and all you got to do to do that is just play guys that will score your fantasy points. So not really a hot take, but more of just a, like, don't forget um, that sort of aspect of fantasy um, in this case here.
1: I love it, man. And, again, I, I think that this is perfect when we talk about the zero RB strategy we just talked about with Marlon Mack. It's the, it's the guys who don't, don't necessarily have – season winning upside but they're going to plug the holes because you can't have zeros in fantasy football so i think that's a that's a great call jordan howard is another great plug you know uh for that kind of opportunity so i I think that's great to understand that you not everybody can fucking blow up every single week period i mean you have to have half your roster has to have 20 30 point weeks the other half your roster has to have six to ten point weeks to just keep that floor steady for you because if you have three or four two or three or zero point um players on your on your team for a week you're not going to be winning a lot of uh, fantasy matchups so i think that's a great call there all right i'm going to go with uh my fourth one here and it is that evan ingram plays at least 14 games first of all that's the hot take first part of it is that even plays 14 games the second part is that he finishes as a top three tight end so evan ingram plays 14 games and he ends up as a top three tight end. So I'm not going to say he played the whole season because that's probably just not going to happen. But Evan Ingram, there's there's no way around this. He has missed – he missed one game as a rookie. He missed five games his second season, missed half the season last year. But the numbers are there when he plays. Last year he would have paced out to uh, about 90 receptions and 900-plus yards, um, and let's give him six touchdowns. Again, that's going to be top six. He has the ability. He has the upside um i just the athletic profile that evan ingram brings to the tight end position is becoming more common but he is basically a wide receiver playing tight end and i think that that's going to be great in this offense here i think the giants do get better their defense is still horrendous so they're going to be fucking chucking it daniel jones is going to be much better this year i don't believe in golden tate i don't really believe in sterling Shepard personally darius uh slayton who is is getting all the hype this summer he's on the outside you know, Saquon Saquon, but I, I do believe that um, Evan Ingram, if he stays healthy, could be a top tight end, and I, I just think he could be a top three tight end, um, and maybe top five, you know, but my hot take, I'm going to go all the way to top three there, um, and it'll be uh, Mark Andrews, George Kittle, and Evan Ingram, which is just how everybody had it set up preseason. So my fourth hot take is that Evan Ingram plays at least 14 games, and he gives you a top three tight end finish right now you're able to get him in the seventh round as the seventh tight end lucas quick question for you rob gronkowski or evan ingram,
0: um, ingram? how about that
1: one back to back you like that
0: I'm put in that position. I'll just wait so I can take Jack Doyle, like Jarwin, <laughs> anyone else, or just like Tyler Eifert. Uh, no, I don't know. I think I like Ingram. I just think he's like – I think I mentioned it in the rankings or whatever we, episode we did last week or maybe two weeks ago, that the, the ADP is never going to be right for where he's going uh, because people realize how good he is when he plays. Um, so unless it falls, I'll probably – I know I took him last year because I wasn't as in-depth with like the actual injury – uh, I was like, I fade injured players, but I never like, took into context like what that actually means. So I think unless he falls down to, I don't know, eighth, ninth round, which will probably never happen, I probably won't be taking him uh, yeah. ever.
1: Fair enough. And honestly, even with this hot take of him you know, finishing third, maybe, I'm not sure that I'm taking him in many drafts either. You and I have mocked him a couple times because it feels good in mocks to like, what if? But in a real draft, I don't know that I could pull the trigger. I may just end up waiting. So, all right, man. My fourth one: Evan Ingram
0: plays at least fourteen games and finishes at the top three tight end. Lucas, what is yours? Our last one is that Lamar Jackson will finish as the QB one, even with um, a a drop in touchdown percentage. And I know I touched on this very, very in depth um, when we had our quarterback rankings episode as to why Lamar Jackson was the QB one. So basically. Um, give him the td rate of the top 40 fantasy quarterbacks last year he still finishes if you keep the other fantasy quarterbacks um td rates or just all those stats he finishes the qb1 by 13 points i believe um so basically what i'm trying to say is he's he's legit um he knows what he's doing and people will be like yeah whatever he's not going to he's just not going to do it um because mahomes is back right but Deshaun Watson put up a pretty good year last year, threw the ball 500 sometimes. And really, really I think the one stat I hang my hat on, on top of the easy schedule, that the TD rate is not going to fall to 4%, give it like a five. He had three broken tackles last year. <laughs> three. He had three when he, played, when he started seven games his rookie year when he was probably scared and his team didn't run read options. This team fully bought into him. Three broken tackles. And I know if I asked 100 people, uh, do you think Lamar Jackson can break tackles? I mean, I, I would imagine they would yes. say yes. So really what I, I just don't – as much as math-oriented as I am, I don't – I can't I – mean, buying into the TD drop, yes, it's going to happen. 5%. Uh, my projections sh- should be down by July 6th. I'm going really in-depth with those. Um, probably about 5 to 5.5%. But his rushing – the rushing game is not going away. A team doesn't commit to a read option RPO quarterback running style offense, and then just like, eh, we'll switch after going 13 and three. Like they're gonna call the same exact plays. Teams are gonna pick up on it. Great, but he had three broken tackles last year, so obviously they didn't pick up very hard after just during his MVP season. So I think um, he's definitely in for another big year. Um, Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I just that that's I can't rank Mahomes ahead of him, especially now that what he did last year.
1: Dude, I can't, I can't say anything else. Lamar is my man. I have him at number one as well. You and I had, a, had our uh, early QB rankings and everything else. So we went with uh, Lamar back-to-back as well. And, and honestly, dude, he scored 70 more uh, points than the next closest. Um, actually, excuse me, he scored 80 more points than Dak Prescott, um, who was number two. So in a, a points per game, I mean, seven more points per game than the next uh, quarterback is just insane. So I, I'm with you on that one. Man, I like that one a lot. And I love my boy uh, Lamar. So he repeats at quarterback one with a, tight, uh, a touchdown percentage drop. Now, I'm going to follow that up and actually say <laughs> that my fifth hot take is completely the inverse of what you just said. Although I do agree with you, and I think it will happen. My fifth hot take is that none, none of the top fantasy finishers per position that finished number one in 2019 finished number one again in 2020. So nobody that finished number one in 2019 finishes number one in 2020. So that would be Lamar Jackson, uh, Christian McCaffrey, Michael Thomas, and Travis Kelsey. So I think these are my hot takes. It's going to be Dak Prescott, number one for the quarterbacks, Alvin Kamara, number one for the running backs, Devontae Adams, number one for the wide receiver. And Mark Andrews, number one for the tight end. So just to repeat as the number one fantasy option at any position is quite rare. Um, but again, it, there's just so many factors that can go down to happen uh, in every single season. The person that finishes first overall the season before is pretty much always the number one or the number two the next season because that's our recency bias. That's what we see. Now, let me make myself clear. I have no hate or disrespect or doubt in Lamar Jackson, Christian McCaffrey, Michael Thomas, or Travis Kelsey. If all four of those guys repeated at their respective positions in 2020 as the number one uh, for their position, I would be not surprised at all. And I could see that happening not easily, but certainly could see that happening. However, it doesn't happen very often, and I just think that the way the NFL works, the way things go down, injuries happen, regression happens, new schemes, new, ty- uh, new coaching strategies, blah, blah, blah. I just think that there is, there is a world, I think, where none of these guys finish as the number one. Um, so I'm going to say that Lamar, CMC, Michael Thomas, and Kelsey all get taken over by somebody else, and I'm going to go out on a limb in early July – and say that my hot take will be that none of the fantasy finishers that finished number one in 2019 finished there again in 2020. And I'm just going to say for now that Dak Prescott, Alvin Kamara, Devontae Adams, and Mark Andrews are our number one finishers for 2020. All right, man, why don't you read through your five uh, hot takes? I'll do the same, and then we'll just add another five, ten minutes, and we'll go through Cam Newton really quick here. So give me your five hot takes, and I will do the same.
0: Yep, my first one is that uh, the CCK Listener League, I will be repeating or two-peating or mm-hmm. I, I will be winning again. Uh, then, the Marlon Mack will finish on either side of Jonathan Taylor, one point per game away. I'll just say any format because I feel like there's similar roles. Edelman in any format finishes above uh, Odell in points per game. Volume players will still win new leagues. Uh, more information in the draft guide on that write-up. And Lamar repeats as the QB1 with. Uh, the touchdown drop insert, whatever touchdown rate drop you want. Uh, Basically what I'm saying is he is the quarterback one, no matter the circumstance.
1: Love it. My number one is that Joe Burrow finishes as a top 10 quarterback this year. Number two, Alvin Kamara finishes as the overall number one running back. Number three, Michael Gallup finishes as the Cowboys best fantasy receivering option. Number four, Evan Ingram plays at least 14 games and finishes as a top three tight end. And number five, None of the fantasy finishers per position from 2019 finish as the number one again in 2020. So therefore, Lamar Jackson, Christian McCaffrey, Michael Thomas, and Travis Kelsey will not finish as a number one option. That is my fifth hot take. All right, man, let's do uh, some extra innings here. Go a little overtime. We just got breaking news during our podcast. Now, by the, again, by the time you hear this. This is old news. We are getting it. So we're going to give our, our reaction right now as you hear this. So news just came out during our episode that Cam Newton has been signed to a one-year deal to the Patriots. We had made a couple suggestions that this could happen. We thought it might be Jameis early on. He, of course, goes to the Saints. We thought it could be Teddy B. Teddy B goes to the Panthers. There's a lot of free agent moves. Andy Dalton was even floating around for a minute. He's on the Cowboys now. Cam Newton was really the last one left. Um Quick reaction here, Lucas, to Cam Newton as the quarterback of the Patriots for the for the uh, for fantasy, and then very quickly, man, let's think about your boy Edelman, and then I want to bring up Nikhil Harry because I think that helps him even more.
0: Yeah, so I'm trying to pull up as much as I can in a short amount of time. So, um, sorry, I'm trying to. So basically. Uh, people are people are trying to tell me that edelman is going down here um in terms of his play rates so i'm trying to here you go first while i pull this up i'm trying to pull up <laughs> certain snaps by players
1: sure not a problem all right so basically my my first take and again we did not really prep for this we just want to give our uh give our first angle here so cam newton does go to the patriots um surprising to me honestly and it's not that Cam Newton can't produce uh it's just that I didn't think that Bill would necessarily bring in Cam Newton specifically. I would love to talk to the commission boys about this and bring them on here just to see how they feel about it as as Patriot fans. Um Cam Newton frankly the last time we saw Cam Newton he was fucking horrendous. I'm going to throw that out there. He's a great runner. He's one of the best athletes, all-around athletes we've ever seen at the quarterback position. I'm not taking that away from him. His MVP season in 2015 was phenomenal. Um, I if he didn't run into a buzzsaw of the Broncos, then he deserved the Super Bowl for sure there. But the last time we saw Cam Newton for two seasons, his arm was shot. He couldn't fucking throw. He was timid to run because his whole body was beat up. He was taking too many sacks. He was injured all over the place. He was getting many concussions that, like, conspiracy theory-wise, like maybe weren't getting uh, regulated properly because the Panthers may or may not have wanted him to leave the field at certain times. That was worrisome to me. Um, as a fit for the Patriots, for me, uh, I think is great. He's obviously like the opposite of what (laughs) Tom Brady was for 20 years. Maybe though, maybe if Cam Newton comes back healthy, maybe he is going to be more of a pocket passer than he was. Now you're not going to take his athleticism away. You're not going to take him inside the five yard line, making plays, diving head first, scoring touchdowns, rushing. You're not going to take that away from him because that's in his DNA and his blood to do. But some important ears in his in his, uh, in his helmet are going to be telling him, like, you need to fucking get rid of the ball immediately or sit your ass down like Russell Wilson does and stop taking big ass sacks. Because him being such a big body, he gets hit hard in the ribs, in the chest, in the hips, in the knees. He takes some pretty gnarly sacks uh, because he's looking for huge plays all the time. Bill Belichick and, and uh, Josh McDaniels are just not going to put up with that shit in my opinion. So he starts doing that early in the season or preseason. If we have one, they're going to, they're going to squash that immediately. I do think he comes in and right away becomes the starter. Jared Stidham is, is the backup right away. I'm going to throw that out there. I don't see Cam Newton signing a one-year deal with a team like the Patriots, um, who, if you think about it, really only lost Tom Brady and some defensive pieces, but if Cam Newton is able to be what Tom Brady was last year, uh, statistically, you know, uh, you know, 4,500 yards, maybe, you know, 25, 30 touchdowns, I think he'll be just fine. And he also adds that rushing element that obviously Tom Brady never did. So quick reaction is I think it's a good move for the Patriots. I think it's, you know, great for Cam to get another paycheck. Um, Fantasy-wise, shit, I mean, I guess if he's on your fucking waivers in Dynasty Leagues, just go get him. I mean, you might as well. He's free. You better fucking – have done that by the time you hear this podcast or it's too late. I mean, (laughs) you're going to hear this in about a couple days. So um, make sure that happened. Uh, Nikhil Harry, I think is a bigger winner personally than Julian Edelman. I'm not hating on Julian Edelman. I just think Stidham would have been a better fit of just dump off, dump off, dump off. Nikhil Harry, man, has skyrocketed up my dynasty rankings personally and redraft as well. Um, Now it's just one year, but we'll see. Uh, Also, Aussie Aussie, who is a tight end that nobody really talks about, I think it's a boost as well. We know what Greg Olson was able to do there with Cam Newton for years. So um, I do love that a lot. Also let's my boy, James White. uh, I think starts climbing the board a little bit as well. Maybe, uh, you know, a a firm RB two at this point um, because we have seen, you know, Cam is not afraid to, to dump it down to Christian McCaffrey. And I'm not saying James White is, is Christian McCaffrey by any means, but James White is certainly a poor man's Christian McCaffrey. And he could absorb 80 receptions for 800 yards and, you know, double-digit touchdowns, maybe that he did a couple of years ago. So, I like this move all around. Um, as far as redraft and drafting Cam Newton, I mean, without even looking at it, dude, Cam Newton now probably is ah, shit. Let me take a quick look at my tight end or my uh, quarterback rankings, Lucas. I'll give you about another minute here. Together, what I'm you got? Good if
0: you If you want me to go, I think I pulled enough.
1: I'm, I'm in it here. Let me uh, Let me just see, like eyeball where I'm going to place Cam Newton right now. Um, my, my quarterback 12 is Aaron Rodgers. Carson Wentz is 13, Baker's 14, Daniel Jones is 15, Big Ben's 16. I think right now I'm going to put Cam Newton at 17 ahead of Jared Goff, and we will see how the rest of the summer goes. So as of right now, immediately – Cam Newton goes in as my quarterback 17, and I will be manipulating that as the summer goes on. But that's my take on Cam Newton. I think it's great. I think it's great for Nikhil Harry. Um, I think it actually knocks Julian Edelman just a fuzz. I think it helps uh, James White there uh, and Cam Newton himself. And Ossie, Ossie I think, has now a nice little tight end premium um, ceiling, potentially, uh, if you're playing in those leagues. But I think it's a big move, man. Lucas, how do you feel about it?
0: So I try to see – um, sort of the slot, snap percentages of his leading receivers. Basically what I found was all his main receivers that were semi-decent were big bodies, Devin Funches, Calvin Benjamin. So no correlation there. And his other leading receiver was Greg Olson, who played about 35% of his s- snaps in the slot, about 42% uh, in line, kind of around those tendencies. The rest of his up until 2015 on the I'm gonna discount last year because that was just a bad year. So basically I think you really can't – argue the quarterback hurts any of his receivers um, his finish as a his average finish when starting or when playing in all his games uh, as a PPR wide receiver one is wide receiver 21 in full point PPR so he's definitely capable of holding a uh, high standard a quarterback and as I mentioned um, the rankings the Edelman clip he in the slot it's not going to matter and especially because if we think Cam Newton can't throw the ball downfield like he's going to throw it to Edelman in the slot So, I mean, don't think about this too hard. Upgrading at quarterback helps every single person on this offense. Um, Yeah. I I mean, like, even if it's – even if Cam doesn't win the job, that means Stidham has to beat him out. So, that means he has to be good enough to beat out Cam Newton, uh, who was the MVP a couple of years back. So, I think in reality, it's just kind of stays about the same, maybe boost him a little bit, but I don't think it hurts anybody. Um, But, yeah, in terms of regular football, this is what they needed to do. Great competition. They have three competent starting quarterbacks. Redraft, I don't even know where to put him off the look and kind of figure that one out. Uh, Dynasty, I'd still probably rank Stidham close to him in Dynasty because who the hell knows what's going to happen there. But, yeah, Nikhil Harry, I was, I've been – I'm big on Nikhil Harry again because people that people think that half of a season dictates the rest of your career. So, I would not fall off the train on Nikhil Harry uh, quite yet. But, yeah, I think really uh, nothing, it doesn't change anything – to be honest, maybe it just helps Edelman even more that he's going to have a familiar face. He knows who a playmaker is there, and he's just going to get the ball out of the pocket to kind of boost his career, get him, get him back on track a little bit here to start the season.
1: Do you think – I mean, there's no, there's no way that the Patriots bring him in if he's not fully healthy.
0: Yeah, that's my – I mean, like, even if he's, like, a little <clears throat> bit banged up, I think it's okay. Um, I think – To me, I think this is more of a competition move because they probably didn't smoke – they probably didn't smoke screen saying, like, we're we're perfect with our quarterback. Like, if someone was going to sign Cam Newton, it would have happened before. So, I think this is more of a safety move, create some competition, and hopefully this kind of works out. Um, It's kind of my thinking, but definitely could be their starting quarterback here.
1: Yeah, I dig it. Cam Newton has been a top ten – quarterback in every year that he's been healthy Uh, of course last year was was nothing he played two games he had 50 completions Um, so we're going to throw that out but 2018 uh, 3,300 yards 2017 3,300 yards 2016 3,500 2015 3,800 he also had 3,800 in 2012 4,000 in uh, 2011 as a rookie so Cam Newton definitely able to get it done and you know I've given Cam Newton quite a bit of flack the last year and a half because he's been hurt and shitty and banged up and didn't take the time off and his team didn't take him out and he didn't actually heal himself, so he was kind of a fucking joke, to be honest with you. Um, However, when he's healthy, he is fun as shit to watch. And I think he's one of the more positive, entertaining personalities in the NFL, which gets overshadowed by a lot of other shit, like Antonio Brown, Miles Garrett-type things. you know and i i think that uh while some of those antics have merit i think um it's nice to see cam newton who's a showboater and very egotistical and you know has the uh the arrogance but uh, it's kind of like a it's it's kind of a you know he's given the football out to out to kids you know he's got the superman chest mm-hmm. he's got the good energy and i think that the nfl could really fucking use that in a time right now when they're putting eggs on their face all fucking day long while our boy cap sits at home. So anyways, uh, I'm not going to get into that rabbit hole, but uh, Cam Newton. All right, folks, uh, that is a quick hot take um, episode and quick reaction to Cam Newton signing a one-year deal with the Patriots. We'll dive more into this as Lucas and I get our heads around what this means for Cam Newton himself, the Patriots as a team and uh, the rest of the players there in new England. We'll have to have the uh, commission crew jump on uh sometime soon to get a quick reaction as well so all right joe that's going to wrap up this episode we had five hot takes from each one of us a cam newton breakdown make sure if you have not yet please uh grab the link to the upcoming tck draft guide dropping monday july 6th we have three different options we've already got pre-orders coming in here so make sure if you pre-order we will definitely be in touch leave your email address leave your name make sure you vote for uh Odell Beckham, as far as picking him over, uh, Julian Mm -hmm. Edelman, that'll definitely help you out there. And um, leave us a a rate and review on the podcast wherever you're listening. Make sure to leave a subscribe and let us know what your hot takes are so far for the 2020 season on the YouTube channel. Make sure to follow us on Instagram at fantasyfootball__tckpod and Twitter at tck__pod.com. And uh, let us know how you're feeling. Send us a DMs. Let us know if you have any troubles with the link for some reason. Everything's been smooth so far, but we want to make sure it works out for you. And uh, we're very, very excited. Shouts out again to everybody else helping out with the uh, draft guide. You know who you are. We'll be giving shout outs as it drops. All right, man, that's a lot. We went a little bit of extra today uh, with the Cam Newton drop during our episode. It was breaking news. By the time you hear it, it's probably uh, old news. But nonetheless, big deal. Cam Newton, officially a New England Patriot fucking weird bro you could not tell mm. somebody <laughs> you know six months ago you could not tell somebody that fucking tom brady was going to turn into cam newton but uh we'll talk to the Commission crew and see how the new england folks feel about it this has been another episode of the candlestick kids fantasy football podcast for lucas caser i'm sky guasco and we are out of here
0: thank you for listening to believe